Welcome to Breaker Culture Weekly. The guys from BreakerCulture.com help pull back the curtains and give you insight into the hobby. Sit back and enjoy interviews, product breakdowns, and hobby analysis so you can get your edge in the marketplace. And now, to the show. Howdy, what's going on guys? Ty from Breaker Culture, and this is episode 63 of Breaker Culture Weekly. As always, thank you for listening, thank you for following us, and allowing us to do what we do. So, today, we get the chance to talk to one of the true founding fathers of group breaking in this hobby, a gentleman by the name of Chad from Firehand Cards. If you have not heard of Firehand, or have not been in one of their breaks, or at least watched one of their videos, then I would venture to guess you're very new to this, uh, or you haven't really plugged yourself into group breaking because he's been doing this for a long, long time. Actually, back in 2008 when he founded uh, Firehand Cards. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's really crazy to hear his story. It's crazy to hear some of the things that we took for granted way back in the day. The way our, our hobby and the way group breaking has evolved is mind-blowing. It really is an infant niche within this hobby. We're still about 10 years in and a lot has changed over the 10 years we continue to evolve and Chad has kind of been at the forefront of some of those um, evolutions within the group breaking and I think you'll enjoy hearing his stories and some of the things that he's influenced so uh, thank you Chad for for giving us an hour of your time today excited for the rest of you guys you listeners to hear his story now a couple of the things real quick uh, again reviews it really does help us guys if, if you listen on iTunes please go fill out a quick review for us let us know what you think. If you listen on YouTube, Spotify, wherever it is, just a quick two or three sentence review. Let people know kind of what you gather from Breaker Culture. And it helps us to kind of adjust the way we put together content for you. Um, so I'm going to read a couple more recent reviews that I thought were a little interesting. Uh, here's one from Sean R3 says, Ty does a great job of getting the best interviews and guests on the show. Uh, yeah, for sure. That's awesome. He talks about everything in the hobby. It's very informative. If I had to recommend one podcast for card collectors, this is it. Thank you so much, Sean R3. And we got one uh, from Scott 5C. Fun, interesting, and insightful. This podcast is a lot of fun mixed with a high knowledge of the convergence of the hobbies uh, within group breaks and sports cards. You get product discussion, people from various roles in the industry, as well as witty banter and current events. What's not to love? Thank you both so much. No, I'm going to read one more here. TJ and Hayden, looks like they're from Kansas. Just started listening. My eight-year-old daughter and I are really into football cards right now, chasing Kansas City Chiefs cards. Heck yeah. Thank you for posting a podcast for us to listen and help us learn how to value our new investments and what to look for as we broaden our knowledge into this hobby. Thank you, TJ, and thank you, Hayden, for listening. Uh, eight-year-old, that might be the youngest. Um, real quick, with football cards, we've, uh, we've got some really good stuff planned with Panini. We're going to walk through some neat things about how football cards, what goes into that, and uh, we're going to spend some time with the group over at Panini uh, coming up over the next six weeks. So I think you're going to like that stuff coming out in your world. So again, thank you for the reviews. Thank you for uh, giving us feedback. Enjoy the conversation with Chad. Be on the lookout later this week. Have a podcast coming out with Chris over at Top Shelf as we break down all the little things you need to know about this year's national we also give you some insight into where you should stay, things you should know, things you can do outside of the National in Chicago, all from uh, the mind of Chris over at Top Shelf. Anyway, enjoy this conversation. Enjoy the show. 
right, before we dive into the podcast today, I want to make sure you know that we have an awesome deal with DubsCoffee.com. That's D-U-B-B-S Coffee.com, where you can go get two bags of coffee with free shipping, and they're going to toss in a pack of baseball cards for you. Uh, how good is that? Seriously. Two bags of coffee, free shipping, and a pack of cards for you to enjoy. Enter code BREAKERCULTURE on DubsCoffee.com, and all of that will take place behind the scenes for you. So enjoy that. Every time you order coffee at Dubs Coffee, it's freshly roasted for you. There's no shelf coffee, nothing sitting there getting stale. It is roasted after you order. And when you open that bag of coffee, I promise you, it will be one of the best smelling shipments you ever get in the mail. Your mailman will thank you. Your family will thank you. And best of all, your taste buds will thank you. Go to DubsCoffee.com and enjoy it. On to the show. Chad, how you doing, man? I'm doing very good, Ty. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, thanks for being available. I, uh, is, your, is your lawnmower guy there yet? I hear he might be not, making an appearance today. Not, not yet. <laughs> hoping that he, hoping he has one of those late days where he sleeps in and doesn't come till till after we're done talking here. Nice, nice, absolutely. Well, man, thanks so much for making some time. It's been a long time coming. I've been wanting to chat with you, so you're uh I, you're not going to the national this year right we don't we don't even get to talk about the national too much which is kind of crazy but it's bad time yeah. for your fam right i won't be there we've got some family uh some family um stuff that's a little bit more important than me being uh, away in chicago this year but uh i love the national it's something i, I really enjoy going to each year i've only missed a couple since i started going back in 2012. wow and, uh, Chicago is one of the best ones. I always like the Chicago one the best. I think maybe because it's so centralized. Right. And so many people can go. So many of our customers are there. And, um, yeah, it's going to be a little bittersweet not to be able to go. But, you know, there's always another year of the national that we can make it back. Right. Exactly. So for this will air probably a couple days before the national. What would you for folks that are just going for the first time, any advice you'd give them? Uh, bring lots of money. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And bring it like a checklist for yourself. I mean, there's so much stuff there to look at. You kind of, kind of make a, uh, even if you're there all all days, it's almost like you can't see everything, you know. Or you have to have something. If you're if you're there with something that you're specifically looking for, kind of kind of go with that, um, uh, and and go to the you know various booths, ask around. I mean, I, when I go, it's it's kind of like a free for all. I kind of just like to browse the tables. I really enjoy just coming across and come up, you know, walking up to some tables where the guys just got huge high-end cards. Uh, it's, uh, you know, doing what we do, you you see so many cards every single day. Yeah. So it's a little bit to wow you, you know. Um, so that's my favorite part about the natural going, you know, checking out some of these high-end cards that you know are like the creme, the creme de la creme that you know right. one of them stuff you're just not going to see anyplace else. So. I always tell people, if you can't find it at the National, there's probably a chance that you're never going to find it. Mm. Interesting. Is, is, yeah, that does make sense for sure. What, uh, what would you say is the non-negotiable? What's the one thing you got to do? Maybe the VIP program or redemption program? What, what's the absolutely must-do thing at the National? Um, 
absolute must-do thing? Hmm. For me, the absolute must-do thing is uh, I've got to go to the Breaker Pavilion and just meet up with all my buddies, first <laughs> off. For the casual collector, uh, I would say you've got to go and, uh, to the get the, the autograph session with the TriStar. There's so many people there yeah. uh, signing. The, the, the fact that they just get them all together in one spot um, you probably spend some time standing in line, um, but you can walk away with, from that place with, with so many signatures uh, and a chance to shake hands and rub elbows with a bunch of, you know, Hall of Fame baseball players, football players. I got everybody there. Right. I would say that's one of the big draws that I think you just can't can't afford to miss out on. If you're going to go there, you got to take advantage of that the opportunity to meet all those guys and get some some signatures. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Cool. So are you, are you going to be back breaking then? Will you, will you schedule breaks or will you kind of just be taking some time off? Is that the plan? Oh, yeah. Yep. No, cool. we'll, we'll still be breaking okay. during the national. Got it. Um, regularly scheduled seven days a week. So we'll still be breaking. My gosh. My gosh. All right. Well, let's get into the story a little bit because you, you've probably heard it. Well, I actually have heard because I've sent you a couple of texts to say, hey, you got to listen to this podcast because once again, your name is mentioned. You've been doing right. this. Since 2008, is that correct? Yes, 2008. So you're like 12 years next year, which is mind blowing when you think about that and kind of the hobbies timeline. What would you say you were one of the first couple? I mean, of true group breakers. Um, I always tell people, people, you know, coming to the sunshine after all this time, uh, they they are. Chad was like one of the first ones, and I was. One of the early on, one of the first, but when I stumbled across it, there were, I'd have to say, I think there was at least two to three guys. I think there was three guys that I remember that were actually running an actual group break okay. um, online back then. And uh, I'm going to shout them out, too. There was a guy named AR Platinum, uh, a guy named The Pack Ripper, Alex, and a guy named, uh, what's his name? Uh, Paul NJ39. These are their YouTube handles. Uh-huh. Uh, and they were running breaks, you know, right when I, back 2007, 2008, um, when I first stumbled across it. And, uh, you know, it was so infant. It was so, I mean, I love telling these stories because people nowadays that come into break and they would have no idea. They couldn't even fathom, like, how long it used to take to get a break to actually get going, filled, and actually broken from start to finish. Um, you know, the technical, the technical <laughs> aspect of it, how, uh, you know, his prehistoric, it almost seems right. um, when we used to run these things. So yeah, my first break was actually Thanksgiving day of 2008 was the first time I actually ho- hosted my own break. Okay. That's, that's awesome. So Thanksgiving 2008 in between football games, you're hosting breaks. <laughs> right. Right. So good. So was was platinum AR platinum? Was that platinum? Is that platinum car breaks now? Or is that totally uh, no? Completely, yeah, completely different. I believe AR platinum still makes YouTube videos. From what I hear, I think he does scratcher like uh, lottery ticket scratcher videos nowadays. Jeez. <laughs> oh, uh, if you watch AR platinum, it's, it's very very uh, easy to recognize an all white background on a white table, and he's got a he's got the voice of a of a radio DJ, very deep and uh, very recognizable. If you've ever watched his videos. Um, you would not forget them. You, you, you would, you'd be able to recognize an AR Platinum break video in a heartbeat again if you saw one. So. Oh, wow. All right. I'll have, to, I'll have to look it up, check it out. Nice. So 2000, So you saw these guys breaking kind of 
put me in the mind of Chad back in 2008. What kind of drew you to the group breaking scene? Um, okay, so basically what happened was I got done uh, playing baseball, was uh, doing some little small jobs here and there to make ends meet. I was working as working construction, working as an electrician, mm-hmm. uh, uh, coaching high school baseball locally, all this different stuff. And there was a couple times where I just needed some cash. I had some cards that I had acquired you know, earlier on that I brought them to my local card shop to see if I could sell them. They, you know, put them on eBay for me, got me some cash back. Mm-hmm. And occasionally, I, you know, I'd walk into the shop and, I, you know, I saw these cards that I'd never seen before. The cards all of a sudden had players' jerseys in them and autographs. And so I, you know, would tinker here and there and buy a few packs. And I kind of found myself right back in the swing of being a collector and wanting to rip packs all the time, uh, making these trips to the shop. I found myself more and more spending every dollar that I earned going back to the card shop. And, you know, I'm sitting here thinking that I'm like, you know, going to hit a thousand dollar card and make more money. Right. 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 And, uh, um, so I remember the, the exact reason I made my very first YouTube video was I bought a box, 2008 Donruss threads. And it's so funny to think about this nowadays because the guy signs anything put in front of him. It was the first time that a Pete Rose autograph oh. ever inserted into a pack. You could never get Rose's auto because Tops wouldn't touch him because he's banned. And so um, Don Russ had just lost their MLB license. So all of a sudden now Pete Rose has autos and boxes, right? And I I pulled a Pete Rose, you know, like number to 10 dual patch auto. And uh, I was like, man, I got to show this thing off, right? So I, I was already running an eBay, had my own eBay chain. Um, at that point was selling stuff. Mm-hmm. more. So I just made a little video, you know, in the beginning, you don't even show my face. I think I showed a dummy card with my eBay ID on it, uh, you know, kind of trying to direct more people to my eBay account, showing sure. off my rose card, and um, that was my first video. And I, I found at that, after that point, I stumbled across a couple other videos of guys uh, opening boxes. They weren't doing group breaks, but they would they would go to the shop, they buy a car, a box of cards, they bring it home, and they would just basically video record themselves uh, unboxing it, opening mm-hmm. it. And I would watch these guys because I'd say, man. Rather than just going blindly to the shop and throwing a hundred bucks at a box, I want to know what's going to come out of it, you know. So I kind of I'd be watching these videos all day. These guys ripping these boxes, and you know that's how I would base my decision on what box I would buy next. I was getting a peek into what was going to come out ahead of time. Yeah. And uh, and then of course then I stumble across a couple guys that are now I hear the guys like they're talking and they're they're telling people that different cards are going different places, like you know. So I was like, whoa, what's, what's happening here? This guy's, how, how you know, this, these aren't his cards. You know, he's opened the box, but you know, I found my first break, and I believe it was uh, the Pack Ripper, Alex is his name. Mm-hmm. He was doing a break of like 07 Ultimate or something. And, uh, you know, so I, I click on his, and I see these videos, and they've got videos to sign up for him. So I, you know, figured, hey, I want to, you know, the, you, the price points were so minuscule, they're so right. cheap. I think it was like $20 to pay to get a team in a full case of Ultimate or something. And I had just come home from the shop, and the box of Ultimate was 300 bucks on the shelf. I was like, I'll pay 20 bucks, you know? And right. uh, so I signed up, and I was a little skeptical. I mean, the, the guy lived in, uh, I believe he lives in Philadelphia or something. I was like, you know, just kind of sending some PayPal money to some guy in Philadelphia and hoping <laughs> that I'm going to get some cards and they're going to show up in my mailbox. You know, there's no the trust factor. I didn't, I'd never done it before, so... Um, you know, that was my first go 
at it. And uh, I joined a break of the pack group and another guy named Paul NJ39, both East Coast guys. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got, of course, stroke of gene, stroke of pure luck. I land like the Yankees, my first ever break. Uh, get a couple of Jeter jerseys and a, at the time, Qingming Wang uh -huh. autograph. And, uh, you know, seemed like easy. It's, it, oh, you know, this is amazing. You know, I spent <laughs> 20 bucks. And I got, you know, a couple hundred dollars in cards. So that was it for me. That was the beginning. And, amazing. you know, I kind, of, I kind of just kept joining breaks here and there. And then, you know, eventually I was like, you know, I could get these boxes and do this myself. So mm -hmm. there you go. That's awesome. So, 2018, you kick it off, you start doing your own. I mean, best way you can explain it, how hard was it for you that first month or two to fill breaks? I, I can only assume it was just, you're probably more so educating customers at that point because they have no idea really what group breaks are. But was did it just rock your world when you tried to fill them up? or? Um, no, not to be honest, because back then it was... The, the the strange part about YouTube is like there was it was never it was not even close I was not even close to a business at that point so right I wasn't even you know I was constantly making videos of myself uh, showing the cards that I was getting in breaks uh, just making videos uh, talking about cards um, you know stuff that I saw going on in the hobby my opinions so I was starting to already get like a little bit of a YouTube uh, subscriber base and people watching the videos. And when I just decided to put the break out there, uh, I mean, you broke it for nothing. You did. There's no profit involved whatsoever. I think I broke a. You have to go watch it back. Back and watch the videos. A little baseball mixer cost seventeen dollars to join. <laughs> and uh, but even though it, it, the, the, I was like to explain the process. The process back then, you you make so like a you, you make a video. Basically, we call it a sign-up video. You make a video promoting your break. Uh -huh. and, and if people wanted to join, they would leave YouTube comments, you know, oh, I'm in for one, or they claim their spots. Uh -huh. uh, when you got up to close to 30, then you'd have people start sending you the money. Then you'd have to go buy the boxes, you know, <laughs> uh, buy the boxes. Then you make another, you know, the next step, then you make a video drawing the teams. Yeah, and uh, then the next day you do the break and record it and upload it. You know, nothing was done live. A, a break, like a, a really fast filling break, seemed like it, like the quickest I could do it. It would seem like it would take a week to ten days from no start. No way! Wow. To, and then like you know, that was like considered quick. You know, guys like wow, Chaz breaks filling up so fast. It only takes <laughs> ten days. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's so crazy to to look back at those days. No you know, kidding. Now it just, you know, if your break's not full in an hour, some guys are asking for a refund. You're like, eh, yeah, you know, an hour. So that's uh, awesome. Were you uh, were you under the same handle? Were you breaking under Firehand at the time, or was that uh, no? Okay. Uh, yeah, sorry, cut you off quick no. there, but uh, there yeah, the truth, the truth seventeen on YouTube is my original handle. It's still active on uh, the truth seventeen. That's my handle mostly everywhere. We flipped it to Firehand Cards. I started a new channel when I actually. Uh, took the plunge and turned it into decided I was going to actually turn this into a business back in 2012. Okay. Uh, that's when we made the Firehand Cards channel. Got it. Okay. So when, when was that moment? I mean, obviously it was around 2012, but when did you realize, you know what, this is legit and I can make this work? Um, I could say that as far as knowing that it was like a, it was something big was the first time I ever saw it. I knew that it was awesome. And hmm. I was like, man, this is crazy. Whether turning it into a business at like that moment, 
you know, I first recognized like the how cool it was and like how it was so infantile. I knew nobody knew about it. There right. So people. And I was just like, man, this is the greatest idea. You know, like I can't. And the whole premise of it, this is what gets lost nowadays. The whole premise of it at the beginning was we, we were taking boxes that either A, you couldn't afford or you didn't want to spend your money on. Right. Because it's so expensive. And we were finding a way that we could all enjoy it and spread the love out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that was for me like, man, exquisite. Like I'm never, A, I don't think, I don't even remember how long it would take me to earn 500 bucks back then, you know, a month. But, you know, spend 500 bucks on a pack of cards was insane. Uh, but if you could do a group break and, you know, spend $25, but you could still get the same cards was amazing to me. So I, right when I saw it, I knew that was just amazing. Um, when it really, when I really, it's kind of like, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a, and like a light bulb in my, in my head, like, wow, this, I can really do this. Mm-hmm. It was like, uh, I better change what I'm doing or else I'm, something's going to happen because, I think it's 2011 mm-hmm. when they decided you were going to have to pay taxes on PayPal on oh, gotcha. federal taxes on what happened with PayPal. So all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I've been running breaks <laughs> for X amount of years, right? I get this, I get this 1099 in the mail. It's like, yeah, <laughs> uh, you broke, you, know, you you have like four hundred thousand dollars in PayPal sales, and you know you you're gonna oh blah 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 blah. Luckily, I kept track of everything and could show that you know we weren't making any money at all, so we didn't have to pay any tax on it. But right. it's like a moment where I was like, wow, okay. That's how much money came through my PayPal list. You're just breaking these cards for fun, you know, like, uh, and I could, I just, I was in, but you know, it was that moment coupled with the fact that I was still kind of grinding so hard to make a a solid living, you know, Mm -hmm. and, uh, working as a baseball coach and just making not, not a whole lot of money. And, you know, I love baseball. Don't get me wrong. It's like my all time love and passion. Um, but it was just, you know, it wasn't really you couldn't raise a family or buy a house on the, the what I was doing. So mm-hmm. um, I had a moment when I decided I was literally at I was sitting in the parking lot uh, at the of the school where I was coaching, and it was the day that we had to go in for CPR training. Had to do it every year, and I'm sitting there. It's like for the uh, the new year coming. I'm just going, am I going to do this again for another year? Am I going to put myself through another year of this dedicated to the you know? And I just I had been mulling over this idea of doing the cards full time, and I just, you know, I, I basically uh, walked into the to the office and told him I was done, and went home and uh, told my dad that I was going to do it, going to give the the cards a shot, you know, full time and see how it goes. And uh, that was it. You know, that was 2012, um, and I really started ramping up um, how many breaks I was trying to do. And I uh, started trying to wrap my brain around being a business owner. I had no, no teach me how to do this. You know, this is something to start from my own. But yeah, um, that was that was it for me. That was that moment. And that is cool. That's coincidentally, cool. I will throw this in there. That same day, mm-hmm. they, I made that decision. I left, uh, went home. I called my butt and I called my two best friends at the time. Say, hey, you know, what? I just quit my job. Come meet me at the bars, have a drink, right? And uh, that night. Uh, leaving the bar, I met my wife. <laughs> no girl. way. That's yes, awesome. Same day. Same exact day that I quit my job, decided we're going to do cards. It's the same day I met my wife. So pretty See, cool story. <laughs> no kidding. Confirmation. There you go. 
Yeah, exactly. That's cool. I should have asked this earlier. You mentioned playing baseball. We. Were you in the minors? What was going on with that? Were you? Uh, uh, yeah, I played minor league baseball for okay. a few years. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Oh. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I ask that question a lot, and usually people don't have a defined moment where they can say, "You know what? It happened here." Mainly because I think mm-hmm. it's you know <laughs> you go back a long ways, and you were doing this before it was so commonplace. But uh, you mentioned something that was interesting. You said the premise is lost a little bit now, mainly because right. the, the the products you were talking about, I think, are just so expensive back then. Is that because it's just so commonplace now to have high end products? Is I that- think. Oh, uh, this is my, yeah. So there's there's everything's high. End, you know, not everything's high end, but right. obviously the manufacturers have figured out that this is where all the money goes in cards nowadays is through rakes or most of it. And uh, and they've subsequently, you know, gone to so many more high-end products, pushing the price points up on these products. Uh, you know, I remember years ago thinking uh, when Panini and Upper Deck lost their baseball license, I was like, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. I can't believe we're going to have to rely on tops to make high-end products now. Like, right. all they made was triple threads back then. Yeah. They made it next to impossible to get like a Pujols auto or anybody good. So it's just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. And now look where we are today. I mean, they make amazing, mm-hmm. crazy high-end products, you know, definitive diamond icons, high dollar stuff, but it's beautiful. It's great. It fits exactly into what we're, we're want out of cards uh, for high-end collectors. Um, but what I say when I say the premise is lost is that the idea is still there that you're splitting the cost of something expensive and re- making it more affordable. But the means and the people joining nowadays is not the same. So it's made it affordable for the guy that can't afford the exquisite, but it's also made it so that the guy that can buy exquisite, if he wanted to anyways, right now that guy goes and buys all the best teams and all the breaks and he's trying to you know capitalize his money and spread it across a bunch of cases and acquire all the best cards for multiple cases um and you know that just that kind of deal where it's the it's just anything where where it's more the more it's exposed and people start to dissect it they find ways to take angles on it and you know and try and stretch their dollar out and capitalize on on how the uh, the breaks are done basically got it got it yeah that makes sense that makes sense so let's let's go back to where you left off. So you started in 2012. What what did you immediately start focusing on then at that point? Was it try to figure out ways to increase your profit margin? Was it how do I start getting capital to buy more product? How do I grow a customer base? What would you say was the most important thing for you to focus on at that point? Um I needed to Yeah, well I needed let's put it this way. I needed to start making a profit on breaks. That was <laughs> I need literally, seriously. I, wow. I need, we, it was so, that's the part I forgot to touch on. It was, it was like frowned upon to make money doing breaks when we first started doing it in, on YouTube. Like it was like people were like, look down, like, whoa. I, when I was running those breaks all the time on YouTube, I would, my pay, quote unquote, for doing them was I would get a break, a spot in the break for free, you know? Yeah. And there was people like that were like, they thought that that was outlandish. Can you believe it? You know, mm-hmm. that guy takes a free spot in his break. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that whole hurdle of like, okay, so now I'm going to start making money. No, don't get me wrong. There was a couple other guys. When I made the flip, I wasn't the first one to turn in. There was already guys that had at that point picked it up and were, were, were making money doing breaks. 
um, I was kind of held off on, you know, I was kind of holding true to, to not really going that route until, you know, I saw the numbers, I made the decision that, you know, let's just go with it. So yep. I had to, A, yeah, I had to try to find a means of, you know, we, we were buying all our product from the, lo- the local card shop. Um, so I had to find a way, let's see, how do I get the product, you know? Yeah. I'm not necessarily cut him out. I still bought product from him for years and years through them. Uh, but I remember we made a deal and I didn't even seek them out, but I got an email from a, a distributor who had seen my YouTube videos just kind of reaching out like, Hey, you know, we're, uh, stumbling across your, your YouTube channel and, you know, we've never sold to anybody that doesn't own a shop, but we're willing to open up an account if you are. And, uh, so I was, I was the first breaker to ever kind of like deal directly with a distributor. Um, hmm. And uh, that was kind of a thing where, and I remember Mike, uh, the first time they flew me up to their to their place to check it out and have a meeting. And I remember walking back in the warehouse and seeing all this wax, and it was just like a kid in a candy store. And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, there's like pallets and pallets and mountains of wax. And yeah, um, and what an eye opener to see all that stuff there, and then to see what stuff actually cost, you know, to right. get it directly from them instead of like buying from a shop. And uh, so that hurdle was. Initially was got to get product, got to get more product, um, try and find it at a price where I'm going to, I still want to be early on. I still had this idea like I, I need to be, I want to be cheap. I want to be the cheapest possible place to buy a break, you know, mm. and that worked for a very long time. That was my whole, I used to have a catchphrase, the cheap, cheapest on the interwebs, I used to say all the time, um, you know, cheapest place on the interwebs to get your break or whatever. And, uh, that and social media. I had no idea how to do social media. So uh, my first uh, hire, first guy that I ever hired, his name was Irving. Mm-hmm. Uh, he runs Monero Sports Cards nowadays. Um, the Mustache Mondays guy. Oh, yeah. You know about Mustache Mondays, uh, Mustache Breaks. And uh, and I hired him and uh, to come on and help me do sorting and shipping. And I handed off anything re- uh, remotely. Uh, tied to social media to him because he I knew, I knew he was a friend of mine he knew how to do all that stuff I had no idea yeah but I knew if I wanted to get the word out about Firehand it had to be done on the internet it had to be done on social media and it had to be done more more so than just on YouTube videos there was right. so much that I wasn't accessing uh, at that point that's that's interesting so when you were acquiring customers at that point what what channels were you finding most success with I feel like at that point it was so greenfield that you probably could have done anything and you would have probably acquired oh, yeah. customers. But what, what was the most effective for you? Um, Twitter early on was pretty effective. Uh-huh. Um, I found that if we, we did some like, you know, every once in a while we just start doing a couple giveaways, giving cards away. We get a lot of responses, you know, people, yep. uh, people like free stuff, obviously. So you get a lot of responses there. People come to the website from, uh, from Twitter We'd always kind of put that out there. Uh, word of mouth is number one, been our number one thing over the years. It's always just been word of mouth. We just ask people if you enjoy what we're doing or you think we're uh, doing a good service, then tell a friend about it. Um, and, uh, you know, we had – it's almost like I, I was lucky in the sense of being so, so uh, into it so early um, that I didn't really have to try so hard to find new people. It's almost like people found found us, you know? Right. We 
when we moved to blog TV is when everything really exploded because we were all of a sudden doing everything live. And that really, I think that was the moment when it really took off and we just started seeing increase in uh, customer base because now everything we're doing is being done in real time. Um, you could put it out on Twitter and people would click the link they can watch you live they, you know people have never seen it before or seeing it for the first time you know they're not watching a youtube video that was pre-recorded a week ago um we're we're signing people up live in the stream for breaks of products that we have right there in hand like that was a huge deal um to i remember when we just to have the product in hand available for you like you could buy a break right now and i'm gonna yep. break it in the next half hour was like blew people's minds you know, from, from where we were for the previous four years. That is crazy. Before that. To think that was so recent. Like, it's, it's almost impossible to think of not being live and breaking right now. Right. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> uh, so many, you know, sad. nowadays, it's like, uh, if you're, for some, some breakers, if you're, you know, you're not selling anything unless you are live. Right. Like, getting the people that are sitting in your live chat to take those spots right now, then, you know, that's, that's their whole model. Um, and you know, I, that's why I say we're lucky where it started so much. We built such a following through the YouTube channel. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, moving to that live platform and everybody's coming across it, it kind of just built its own. Mm. Our customer base just kind of built its own. And everything we did, we, we did little things here and there. Email marketing was a big deal at the beginning for me. That came along with it, you know, uh, with the social media part of it. Yep. Uh, just sending out emails a couple times a week letting everybody know these are the breaks that we have on the website right now. Take a look. And it was just constantly engaging people, um, uh, you know, just like any other business. I'm sure I get spammed every day by, by constant emails, but it gets, it makes you aware of what's happening. Uh, it gets people coming back to your website. And I think that, you know, that was, that was the one. So I, I have to say that between Twitter and the emails, mm -hmm. if, if anything, that was, those are the two that really got us some new customers outside of just organically right. being live all the time. Got it. Got it. No, that's, that's, that's interesting. It's funny, as you were talking about not making money on breaks early on, it reminded me, I mean, I feel like it was probably six or seven years ago back on, on blow, the blowout forums and they would do breaks kind of just starting. And I remember when like Houdini would put a break on there and then there would be the guy who would go and break down the numbers. Oh, yeah. And he'd be well, like, wait a second here. This, he's making like $7 on this. How it's like, wait, this guy's spending like hours of his life doing this. I know, I know. because they don't think about it. That's the thing. It's so new back yeah. then. Nobody really wrapped their mind around that part of it, right? Everybody just thinks they, they send you the PayPal money, you open up the cards and they show up in your mailbox. And yeah. nobody thinks about everything that goes on behind, behind the scenes, leading up to that, in between and all the other stuff happening, you know? Yeah. And they just think that, time, you know. Oh, like in any industry, time is money, right? So you're spending time putting all this stuff together. You know, you got, but I know exactly what you're talking about. We used to have that, you know, guys doing that to us all the time. You know, and I, I remember when, when uh, on the blow up forums, you read about those, you know, they still do those breaks nowadays and people will still break down the price. Right. You know, they still do that on the forum sometimes. So it's very funny to me. It totally um, is. And this is all blown on the assumption that everybody assumes that they know how much the breaker paid for the product too, right? Sure. Sure. So, you know, this is how much it's paid. You don't even know what the guy paid to get the boxes. Exactly. I love it. People have way too much time on their hands. That's for sure. 
Yeah, that's for sure. Um, I, I referenced earlier, right? Actually, you referenced it, the interview with Michael at Clubhouse. And he he knows you, obviously. You guys were buds because you started about the same time. What uh, He mentioned he spent like 100 hours a week early on. Were, were you putting in that much time, 2012 oh, uh, or 14? Was it that crazy? Dude, it was every day. It was almost every waking hour for me. Wow. When I was, because I didn't, I was a you know one man show. Like Michael's been a one man show forever. And I finally hired somebody to do do some sorting for himself. And <laughs> bless his heart, guy. You know, finally. <laughs> but um, I when you know until until I brought you know Irving on back into like 20, 2011, 2012, I did everything myself from you know pa- breaking, packing, sorting, shipping. Uh, then you know back then you'd have to. Nowadays, you make a video, you're live, and then all the software automatically saves it, and you just hit a button, it uploads to YouTube, right? Yeah, so right. Back then, I had one camera. It wasn't even a – I didn't even have a webcam on YouTube. I had like a little handheld – I still have the camera, actually. I, take, I use it still to take pictures of my mixer breaks. It's a little <laughs> like 8-megapixel camera on a little tripod. Um, we didn't have multiple camera angles going. I had one camera. I had my face and the cards on it together from the side, and uh, – you know, you'd have to, I'd have to put that on. I'd, I'd have to I'd edit the video and um, I put a title, like, you know, try, I try to do like cool stuff to make my video stand out a little bit too, you know. Um, and that was so much time I invested in editing videos. Um, and yeah, man, I mean, I wouldn't even be able to calculate 100 hours a week, uh, probably, I would say, at minimum. That, that, would, that would be, I would wake up, you know, I'd break one night like three or four breaks the next day i'd spend the whole day packing them up putting them bags getting them ready to you know ship them out a couple days later and just the cycle that just kept going and uh and you know until i got that extra help yeah i was i was cranking hours man but but like i said for me i had already i loved doing it it was so much fun for me right I didn't even see it it that's the key about yep. being a job you know, it's just like, this is amazing. I get to rip all these high-end cards, hang yeah. out with all these guys, and all I got to do, you know, I got to do some sorting and shipping afterwards, but it seemed like like not a big deal to me. Right. So. No, I love it. I love it. Has it always been in your house, or do you have a do you have an office now where you separate life a little bit? Uh, yeah, well, the where I break from personally uh, is a house, an office in the house, but we have a cool. separate location. Um where uh, my other breaker, Ryan, breaks from there. Uh, we do all our sorting and shipping out of there. So um, so if you were to put yourself in your customer's shoes kind of during that early phase, we'll just say 2012 to 15, what would you say they would probably point to as the thing you needed to improve on the most? Uh, ooh, that I needed to improve on. Um, I think we... You know, mistake. Everybody's human, right? So, yep. people make mistakes. We're not robots. There's you know, some instances early on in those those times where we would make some mistakes, whether it be uh, during the break itself, in preparation of like you know doing a team draw, not double checking my work, and I do the team draw. All of a sudden, I've got one more team than there are people in the break. You know, <laughs> and now the guy that that drew the Yankees in the the initial draw. You know, I got to redraw the teams. Now that guy's going to be sour because he doesn't get the Yankees anymore, right? So um, the, to coming from, you know, making the mistake when it comes to shipping uh, and somebody gets the wrong cards. Um, but, man, it's really hard to put myself in their shoes and think about what we could. 
Because back then, it's so and nobody knew any different. That's you know? true. Yeah, there were so like, many things you could prove on. They don't have anything to compare to. Like, man, I yeah. really wish Chad was more like Breaker X over here and did this. <laughs> like, there was nobody. You know, it was basically like we were we were the ticket. Yeah. Uh, there's a few other guys, and everybody kind of did mostly like the same stuff. You know, um, we were we've always prided ourselves on, or I would say I've always prided myself on trying to be innovative. And bringing new stuff, new ways of breaking, uh, changing the stuff as we go, you know, and come up with new ideas. How can we make this better? So I mm. think um, there's always stuff you can improve on. Yeah. So I, like I said, stuff gets lost in the mail. We kind of 86 that. You know, we used to, we used to, everything has its process. And I could always look back and I tell my wife, you know, one time, I remember when, when uh, she's watching me one night sort all these cars and ship them out. And I remember telling her, one day I will not do this part of it ever again. I said, I promise you, one day somebody else is going to take all these cars and sort them and ship them for me. You know, we're not there yet, but one day it's going to happen. And uh, there's that trust factor, though, was, was something, a hump I had to get over, you know, trusting and trusting somebody else to take your baby basically that you've built and entrusting them to not make the mistake and, um, you know, handle all the sorting and shipping and that part of it. But, um, yeah, it's, it's tough, man. We came up with so many different things. I think, I just think those early stages, I was almost like the golden days of breaking. Everybody always comes back from the old times. They come back and we have a lot of customers that have been around from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Always say, well, once in a while, they say, oh, remember back when we used to do this, and remember back in the days of blog TV, and <laughs> you know, just sitting here drinking, you know, getting tipsy while we're breaking all night and having fun, and you know, they're uh, they're the golden days, man. I don't know how, how else to say it. It's yeah. Just you know, it's, it's so different nowadays, but it's for been sure, me all the way through. <laughs> it's it's got to be nice being the standard people judge against. That's a good position to be in for sure. Um, you mentioned some of the innovations and things like that. What what were a couple of innovations that you you kind of focused on early on that you kind of hitched your horse to, and you're glad you did? Anything come to mind? Um, I think so. Early the, the the video when I was on YouTube, I remember doing the editing of the videos and trying to make them stand out from just a standard breaker was one of them. Yep. Um, some stuff, you know, it's so funny. We were talking, who were we talking with the other day? One of our sores and shippers, but. There's so many things that are basically like standard practice nowadays that kind of started through Firehand, you know, like um, even from the uh, having the lineup of breaks on your screen when you're in between breaks, you know, that yeah. everybody will post an Excel sheet like this is what's next or this is how many break spots. I remember the exact day that I did that the first time. And I remember even telling the guys in the chat room, they're like, watch, you guys watch. This is going to be on everybody's breaker channel. Totally. In a year, you know, because I was just kind of like one of those moments where you had, you know, you get guys constantly coming in your room going, hey, what's breaking next? What do you got? Whoa, whoa, you know, instead of answering that question over and over and over and over again, I'm like, why don't we just put a list on the screen that shows everything that we had to break and everybody can see for themselves. So I don't have to keep <laughs> answering this question over and over, right? Um, uh, we came up with uh, hitless packs. So you get people, you know, sometimes, not you know, different styles of breaks that you do where people don't. Not all, not everybody gets a hit, right? So for some, we came to a point where, like, you know, if a guy doesn't get a card, we're not shipping him anything. Uh, we're not refunding the guy who's shipping. Let's just give him a pack of cards. Then, hmm. uh, so that's where like the hitless 
Hitless Pack was born. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people do Hitless Packs nowadays. Yep. Uh, and then, um, you know, we have reward points on the site. Uh, we, we were the first one to offer reward points. You buy, you know, you buy anything on the Firehand site, you get a, uh, basically it's like a 1% cash back, mm-hmm. you know, you point for every dollar you spend. I've been trumped since. I, a lot of guys doing 2% now. <laughs> you know who you are. But, uh, you know, I remember Flawless Football was the birth of the random player break. Flawless Football, you do such a beautiful product to break, but man, it's so expensive, right? So. Yep. Yeah, like you're always trying to find a way that the guy. I want to find a way for average Joe guy to get flawless card. That's always my goal. How does average guy get to get the big card? And, uh, so, I just one day I was like, man, there's you know somebody they uh, had the checklist out because I was breaking down, you know, what teams do we make combo teams? And I'm looking at the full checks. I'm like, look at how many guys. I bet if we took there's like 200 guys in a checklist it would cost like 10 bucks you can get one player and we could do the whole case for 10 bucks mm. so you know we started doing random player breaks and we <laughs> i sold so much flawless football that year it's incredible because you know you put a random player break up and it'd be sold out in an hour and uh you know prior to that we we're doing you know anybody that was breaking flawless was basically you're paying for a hit you're yep. paying 150 bucks to get a guaranteed hit and nine of the ten hits weren't worth the 150 bucks out of the box. So, you know, you're paying to lose half the time. So it was, you know, those kind of things. I'm sure what else, anything else that we... That's interesting. So were you, were you, at that time, were you selling only through your site? Or were you selling on eBay? Uh, oh, no, not eBay. I did eBay, no, only on my website. Only okay. on the site and, and live in the chat. Oh, here's a, here's one that's <laughs> that you wouldn't even think that where did this originate? So the... Whenever anybody signs up live in their room, right nowadays, or you do a, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with fillers. Yeah, yeah. Fillers, you draw a line in your chat. You know, say, all right, I'm going to draw a line. Everybody that wants in, sign up under the line. And um, that started with 2000 and 2008 exquisite football. When we were when we were in the early days of blog TV, like I was saying, there was there were so few breakers that anybody that wanted to be in a break was, was populated in like one of three rooms, you know? So like in my room, there was constantly anywhere between a hundred to sometimes 200 people. And they had to have waiting rooms to accommodate wow. people were in there. So the only way that I could fairly or attempt to fairly let everybody join a break, uh, was I would draw a line in the chat. The first 30 people that were able to get their, their one under the line got to be in the break. And, uh, because I had that exquisite, everybody wanted that exquisite football. And I was like, okay, I don't know how, you know, everybody's like, put me in, put me in. And I was like, the only way I can do this, I'm going to draw a line. Whoever's the first 30, you guys are in, you know? Crazy. And it's like, every time I see a line drawn in a room, I'm like, oh, when we first did that, draw that line. So funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the little things. That's true. There's so many little things that you just had to learn the hard way, figure out a way around it. That's That's interesting. So you mentioned you mentioned early on your your kind of mo was being the cheapest, right? Uh, what would you say kind of shifted over time and has become kind of unique? Maybe your niche or your unique attributes or something that kind of makes you who you are. Um, over time, well, or, or is it still? Is it still the cheapest? I, I don't think it is. No, no, no. We're right? still. We're yeah. definitely people. We'll never be the cheapest anymore. We're just not not because we couldn't afford to be the cheapest on some stuff, but you don't have to be. Uh, you know, there's always you know, there's always going to be some guy that's that's you know he doesn't have very much overhead and he's just got a webcam on 
Facebook and, you know, he's going to charge you whatever he bought the box for just to break it. So, right. Uh, I think uh, our niche nowadays is kind of, you know, we're like a jack of all trades. We've always tried to be, um, we try and, we try and uh, accommodate every price point. That's one thing I've always wanted to stick to mm-hmm. is uh, making it so that anybody can join a break on our website. Whether you've got a lot of money, you don't have a lot of money. Uh, and I want you to be able to get a card from any product they release. So I'm going to make, uh, I'm going to make the most expensive product out there available to, uh, the guy that really doesn't have a lot of money. He's still going to have a chance to join that break. Um, and, uh, we, we, we try and we don't break everything under the sun anymore. There was a time where anything that the distributor called me with on a pre-order, I bought it. I was like, yeah, I'll take that. We can break it. You know, and all of a sudden, <laughs> two years later, I still got a couple of cases sitting on the shelf that never took off. You know, um, we try, we try to have a nice, uh, diversify. Uh, we do baseball, basketball, and football. Um, and a couple multi-sport things, but we try and go the full spectrum. Uh, so a lot of variety, uh, different price points. We try and do every kind of style break you can think of from random teams to pick your teams to random players uh, to draft your hits. You know, anything that you can think of, uh, I want you to be able to find it on Firehand. You know, if somebody else is breaking a certain style, uh, there's no reason that we shouldn't be breaking it that style as well. Um, hmm. And... You know, I think we just bring a different, uh, a much more professional approach nowadays than I used to be. Like I said, we used to just kind of, <laughs> there's some videos out there of me that, that are very popular where, you know, I don't the night because we used to, <laughs> used to get a little too tipsy. I can't afford to do that nowadays. Um, but uh, we're, we have a very professional approach. Um, we pride ourselves on a uh, quick turnaround. So we have, we ship out twice a week, Wednesday, Wednesday and Saturday. But if you join a break at 2 a.m. on, you know, Tuesday night, your cards are still going to make it out on that Wednesday. Or if you're joining a break at midnight on Friday, it's still making it out on Saturday. Nice. Um, so I think our customers really enjoy that. It's it's almost it's funny because man, if we if we should happen to uh, if for some reason they don't get their their shipment notification like they normally do on a Wednesday, we're getting an email the next day like, hey man, did you guys? You guys ship yesterday because I didn't get my email that my cars were coming. You know, so they're on top of it. They, they've got like a. You spoiled them, man. You, you set the standard too high. <laughs> <laughs> they feel like if they break on Tuesday, I'm going to have my cards on Friday. You know, wow. it's like they're counting on it. And, you know, you talk about eBay. So it's funny how many guys, it's almost a standard practice nowadays. I know it happens to every breaker. You pull a guy a card, sometimes before the night is over, the card's already on eBay. The guy's yeah. already got screenshot of your hands holding the card and it's on ebay and he's selling it you know I'm like man what happens if that card gets stuck in the mail you know exactly uh, so exactly that's awesome so how would you how would you describe your style of breaking i know how i would describe your style but i won't i won't tip my hand what, what would you say in a, a couple words or less <laughs> uh, my style of breaking uh I have to say it's pretty old school, man. I don't. I mean, we're uh, <laughs> there's nothing like off the hinges going crazy. We're not, you know, we don't. There's there's a lot. Of, we don't got music blasting in the background, and uh, we're kind of just. I'm just sitting here, me and the cards. Uh, I get. I'm genuine. I'll tell you this: what I am 100% genuine, um, and that's what I think. Maybe this is something you could put in what sets us apart as unique. Um, I am genuinely excited when when you see my enthusiasm on camera. It's not a show. I'm not 
pretending that your card is awesome. If it's awesome, it's awesome, and I'm going to show you that's awesome. If your card's not good, I'm not going to pump it up and pretend that it's the greatest thing under the sun when it's a $2 card. Right. You know it's not, and I know it's not, and, you know, um, I think that's something that our customers appreciate, too. You know, like, I mean, some people might feel good about spending their money. Obviously, you spend money, you want to have a good feeling about the break, but I think that we can deliver that uh, that good feeling without having to pat you on the back the whole time that we're opening your cards. Um, yep. I think uh, I'd have to say it's almost like laid back hanging out with your buddy or hanging out with uh, the family when you're breaking. That's why I think maybe yep. have, having the kids running around in the background with a dog barking out of nowhere and hurting everybody's eardrums kind of makes you feel like you're sitting around, you know, sitting in my house with me every once in a while, I guess. I mean, if I was going to try and describe it, I like it. I like it. If, if I was to come up with a word to describe your style, it would be chill. It's, a, it's one of chill. the more chill break rooms, chill breakers in the industry. I love it. It's my style. Yeah, I'll it's my take style. it. I'll take that. <laughs> That's right. So how, how do you stay motivated then? I mean, going forward, 2019, 20, what kind of keeps you motivated to keep doing this? Um, to be honest, I absolutely I still love cards. Yeah. Um, I love the hobby. I love the industry of it. I have loved cards since – I was 10 years old. It's the first time my dad took me to a card shop, and um, I'm and I'm a I'm a competitor, man. I uh, I play baseball my whole life. I see sometimes it's friendly competition, sometimes it's really go get them. But man, I see all these other breakers and all these guys that I've known a long time that you know they're my competition, and we're constantly competing every day uh, with them. So not to put that in a negative light, it's not a negative thing, you know, but, um, it's what kind of drives us and keeps us going. We want to be, uh, we want to be the best at what we do all the time. So, um, you know, we're checking around, we're hearing stories about what's happening here, what's happening there. How can we, how can we, uh, what does, what do we bring to the table compared to these other guys? Um, we want to, I always am excited to, uh, continue to try and innovate. You know, that's something that keeps driving. I'm always still mm -hmm. constantly thinking of what, what can I do differently? Uh, we have a website that's not like anybody else's card website. Uh, it's you're not crazy off the hinge is different, but it's not, you're not, you know, we have a lot of features on our website that you just won't find anywhere else. Um, we want to try and separate ourselves in little ways that you might not even notice that, uh, without kind of having them pointed out to you. Um, but, um, I think, you know, and the fact that, uh, you know, I got, I got a family to, to support. So that, that's a big driving factor, you know, as, as, uh, just paying the bills and, uh, oh, yeah. roof over the head, over the head of the kids and the, and the wife and keeping it going that way. And, you know, just want to continue to grow the brand and grow the business. And, uh, it's, it's, it's always fun. Like you're talking with just talking these stories with you today. Uh, to think back to that, you know, the, the infant stages of it, breaking, breaking on a YouTube channel in in my uh, my room at my dad's house with my you know my futon in the background, and you know, and and over the course of the last eleven years, uh, what we've turned that into, mm. just want to keep it going, you know, don't want to just don't want to let it die. So yeah, we're... no, that's good stuff. That's great stuff. So let's shift a little bit to products for a sec. Um, okay. what's your favorite product to break every year? Cool. Every year, favorite product, I'd have to say it's a tie. And oh, the funny okay. part is people, well, uh, I like, um, 
anything Bowman. I like, I love Bowman. And that's, you know, some people hate Bowman because they hate to rip it. They hate all the packs that you have to open and all that stuff. But man, it, Bowman's always been a product that I love to rip for whatever. The chase and the idea of, you know, I'm always looking for that next gold refractor, all these different color refractors to pop out. Just something about Bowman just, you know, and the yep. fact that you can pull up. A kid that's never even sniffed the major leagues and his cards to be, you know, thousand dollar right. cards of, of these guys. Uh, it's just really intriguing to me. And, uh, so anything Bowman, Bowman, Bowman Chrome, Bowman Draft. I really like Bowman HTA choice now because there aren't all those packs to rip. You know, you just got one pack with the only the autographs. Um, that's a breakers, breakers friendly, uh, no sport, kidding. I call it. Um, and I also like anything national treasures, uh, National Treasures, football, basketball, baseball. I'd have to say those are the two front runners. But I love if I had to nail down two specific brands. Um, but I like anything high end too. You know, I love raping, you know, for baseball, definitive, diamond icons, dynasty. Mm. Uh, just stuff that you can, you know, that you can hit absolute monster cards out of, you know, that where it's just you pull a card and it's just a super wow factor. Everybody in your chat just goes, Oh my, you know, wow, that's amazing. And yeah. And the guy who did it's probably doing backflips and, you know, counting his money already. <laughs> you, know, just, you get that email the next day and the guy is so excited about his car. And exactly. Wants, what can I do to ensure it to make sure it gets to me safe? And um, so anything that kind of delivers that real big uh, home run hit punch, I'm all about it. That's uh, awesome. Stuff, so. Yeah. No, it's funny. I was watching one of your breaks the other day and I hadn't really watched a lot of HTA choice breaks. I didn't even realize they were coming with foam packed in them, which is awesome. Right. <laughs> Sick and sweet. Um, do you collect yourself? Yes. I've had to slow down over the, uh, once, uh, once the family started to grow and, you know, we had to take him money kind of takes the cards, take a backseat to other expenses. Sure. Uh, but I'm a big collector. Yeah. I've been collecting my whole life. And everybody knows I'm an avid Frank Thomas collector. He's my number one guy. Uh, has been since I was 10 years old. So I still will find myself uh, picking up, you know, if I hit a nice Frank Thomas card in a break, I will not hesitate to email the guy who I pulled it for, um, see if I can work out a deal. Nice. Uh, I love the rip. I still open my personal boxes every once in a while. Mm -hmm. I don't record, but I never record my own breaks of, of product. <laughs> Uh, it's like a superstition of mine. So I like to do it private. You know, you rip, rip cards on camera all day, every day. So I do it myself. I like to relax. Don't want, need anybody else watching. Um, I just kind of enjoy it myself. Yeah. It's, it's funny you mentioned that. I think it was, I was talking to Chris from Top Shelf months ago and he brought that up. He said the one time that he opened himself on camera, just his own box, he pulls like the greatest card ever. And he oh. felt, felt guilty for weeks because, you know, it's the one time. Right. That's hilarious. The one of the biggest cards I've ever pulled. There's a video of it on YouTube, and I wasn't recording it, but one of my <laughs> customers was recording my feed as I opened it. And it's kind of like you know, it's a very well-known video. We're pulling the Derrick Rose uh, one of one exquisite auto. Wow, nine exquisite. And uh, let's just say I had I had, I had a few uh, drinks that night, of, you know, rolling around on the floor, screaming and cussing, and you know, it's it's a, quite a sight to behold. But yeah, it's <laughs> so good. 
But I did not feel bad. Trust me, I did not feel bad about pulling that card. You can you see on the video, I tried to fill that exquisite break for weeks and <laughs> wanted to buy it. Nobody would join it. And it's so funny to think back nowadays, I think it was like $60 a spot to join that exquisite break. Oh, my gosh. We could not fill it. And you just look at the breaks that fill on a daily basis nowadays. That exquisite would have been gone in 30 seconds. Oh, nowadays. exactly. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I could not fill it. And what, what was that <laughs> car worth at the time? Do you remember? Well, I mean, that rose uh, had to be five grand. We sold it for ten grand cash. Oh my goodness! Collector back then, yeah. Wow. Ten or twelve? I think it might have been twelve. Actually, yeah, twelve. Yeah, and back then, I mean, yeah, that card now, modern day, like the Zion Williamson version of that's fifty k. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> In a heartbeat. Yeah. It would be like pulling the Luka Doncic, you know, one on one right yeah. now. Um, you know, he was the guy. Derrick Rose was the guy back then before all the injuries. Everybody thought he was going to be the best basketball player of this generation. You know, unguardable, yeah. he used to say. So, yeah. No kidding. No, you know, any publicity is good publicity. Is that what they say? Do you believe that? <laughs> most of the time, I do believe it. Most of the time, you yeah. know. Um, yeah, you know, people are watching your videos. They see your name, whether or not they're here. You know, they they think you're doing something silly on your video or not. Your name's getting out there. Yeah, and uh, you know, there's stuff that's happened over the course of the years, of course, that you're maybe a little embarrassed about, but whatever. Exactly. You know, it's all it works it all out. Where we are now, so yeah, yeah. So are you with the baseball background you have? Are you pretty hardcore into prospecting? Do you pay attention to prospects in kind uh, of the wave? When I can, I used to do it a lot more. Okay. Like I said, now nowadays, um, I, I it's very minimal. Most of my sports interaction is done while I'm actually live breaking and interacting with the customers, and I get a lot of my sports knowledge from them or from the stuff they're talking about. Uh, most of my, um, I bear, I seldom get to watch ESPN or anything like that. You know, most of the stuff on TV around here is uh, stuff the kids watch. So. Um, I don't, I don't keep up with that that much, but prospects, I'll kind of, I go on the forums on blowout. I like to follow, yep. uh, I'll join my own break. I'll still join breaks. I join Houdini's breaks on there, uh, buy some players and like the big massive 50 case breaks of Bowman. So I find, I follow some of the guys, you know, I try and, you know, I follow the draft initially to see who the top, you know, 10, 15 picks are and mm -hmm. trying to keep a, a tab on it that way. But I'm not as in depth as I used to be. Yeah. I used to really. I used to really follow that a lot and, and prospect and buy up a bunch of prospects and try and hold them and flip them and sell them. And, um, so I do follow, but not as much as I used to. Yeah, that makes sense. It's fair. That is fair. Um, you gotta know the guy. You, sometimes you have to know, this is one of my, my own personal gripes about breaking is if you're opening the stuff, you should have an idea about what it is you're opening, you know? Like if you're gonna be open in all these baseball prospects and you're gonna pull a guy that's good, you better know that the guy's good. Mm -hmm. just, you know, you don't want everybody in your chat room to be going, "Oh, that's amazing play." You're like, "Oh, what? Who? This guy? Oh, this guy's good." Uh oh, <laughs> that was me opening hockey cards. I have no, I have zero idea about hockey. So I've oh, you like, "Chad, you know that's like a five hundred dollar card right there." What? Really? This this guy McDavid? Who McDavid? <laughs> but. You know, I, I was always like a thing. I'm watching the guy do a yeah. break and a pull a card. He has no clue about it. I'm like, wow, these guys are joining this guy's break. He doesn't even know he's opening. So yep. I try and stay versed, at least uh, current with who the who the rookies are. I try and follow a little bit and 
every once in a while check on the online to see who's leading the league uh, in what as far as stats and uh, so. Yeah. Would you? I was going to ask you that question. It's funny you bring it up. Was that one of your bigger pet peeves with other breakers? Is just uh, yeah. yeah. That one, you know, not not one of my bigger ones. I really don't have much pet peeve. I really, honestly, in the same same um, line of, of uh, thought, I don't have much time to watch another breaker nowadays. I don't sure. see. I don't have you know see uh, watch a live stream or see what guys are doing. Yeah, uh, I did. You know, that was something I would, that would catch my attention. Uh, or you know, like I said. The stuff that I don't do, it's kind of funny. Stuff I don't do is the kind of stuff, you know, maybe because it bothers me to watch other guys do. I don't like when a guy uh, tries to pump up every card he pulls out of the pack like it's a big hit, you know. Right. You know. Well, I can appreciate <laughs> that you at least pronounce names right. And, it, and if I was to pronounce hockey names, I would screw it up too. So I, we both get a pass for that. But Right. <laughs> I cringe when I hear someone say, Luka Doncic's. Or you know, yeah. it's like, like, come on, man, just watch one NBA game and figure out how to pronounce his name. Oh, yeah. I just found out because I was watching the finals that I've been pronouncing Pascal Siakam's name wrong for the last three years. You know, <laughs> Pascal Siakam. I'm like, oh, I got another Pascal Siakam. And I watched one game of the finals and it's like, Pascal Siakam's really having a great game. I'm like, oh, jeez. How many other? How many other? Oh, there's a lot more guys. <laughs> He's here. He's finally here. Uh, That's probably our sign. Well, I, statistics show me that people stop listening about 58 minutes. So we're at an hour. <laughs> Um, I got a couple questions for you, rapid fire. So just kind of shoot from the hip if you can. Okay. You got to pick a player to break with you for a day. Which player do you pick? Frank Thomas. Okay. All right. (laughs) I mean, well, he's retired. Do I have to pick somebody current? Yes, but pick a current player for us too. Let's get Uh, into current player. uh, I'd like to break with Kawhi Leonard. Nice. Oh, that'd be boring. Oh my gosh. So San Diego State. Uh, he's the only. He's the most notable ba- uh, basketball player to come out of my alma, alma mater, besides Tony Gwynn. So. Uh, nice. Got, You're an yeah. Aztec, right? Is that are you Aztecs? Yeah, Aztec. Aztec. So okay. I got to break last year at the rookie photo shoot, the NFL rookie photo shoot. Um, I did that event, um, and I got to break with uh, Rashad Petty, who was the best running back to ever come out of San Diego State since Marshall Falk. So nice. that was my one thing when I went to the event. I was like, look, I need to break with Petty. You can have, I don't care anybody else that I sit down with, but you have to give me Rashad Petty. So if I had to pick somebody else right now, I'd pick an Aztec. Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. That's awesome. Okay, you open up your cupboard right now. What cereal do you see first? Uh, chocolate. Uh, Cheerios, but they're not the real Cheerios. There's some knockoff uh, Whole Foods brand of Cheerios. <laughs> they're three times the cost, but they don't have gluten. <laughs> right. Gluten-free, all-organic um, Cheerios. <laughs> so good. So good. What's your uh, what's your favorite go-to adult beverage? Um, I like... Uh, man, it's been so long since I had one because... Uh, let's see. It was called uh, well, it's beer, but um, Lagunitas. There you go. Okay. Yeah, like Lagunitas IPAs are my favorite beer currently. Light beers, Miller Lite, always been Miller Lite. Of all the light beers, that's my favorite. But awesome, awesome. Well, my my favorite brewery in America is Stone out of San Diego. So uh, Stone's good. Yeah, good IPAs. I like Stone too. Yeah. There's gargoyle on it. They got like gargoyles on some of their stuff. Right? Yeah, yeah, they do. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. Last question. Who, uh, which actor and actress plays you and your wife in the documentary about Firehand? 
Oh man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, geez. So me is Brad Pitt, of course. Oh yeah. my gosh. It Mizzou guy. He's a Mizzou guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, and let's see. My wife would have to be. Jeez. Mm, be careful on this one. I know. <laughs> this is a tough one. I would have to say. Mm, who's the most beautiful actress out there right now? It's <laughs> a great uh, question. Maybe. I would have, I'll just go Brad and Angelina. We'll there you go. go. Just leave them together. You know, they reunite. Not, reunite for a movie reunite, about you. Play, play the team Firehand. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. Awesome. All right. So where, where can folks find you? And then uh, discount codes, man. You got anything you want to throw out there? Oh, yeah. That's right. So, yeah, we're at firehandcards.com. If, if it's lost in the shovel, it's like your hand is on fire. Firehandcards.com. Dot com. Uh, very simple. All the links to all our live streams are on there. We're predominantly on YouTube, um, and we still have our Breakers channel open uh, for anybody that wanders in over there. Is that still live? I didn't realize it's still it going. It is. It's still live. I mean, you know, unfortunately, it was a great platform for a time. I remember when we first moved over there. We Breakers was only born. This is my last little story. Breakers was born because Blog TV died. Blog yep. TV sold off to a bigger company. And they closed it, and we all looked for somewhere else to go. So uh, we went to uh, what was called Bond TV, and then we kind of overtook Bond. So we had to make a, a, a channel all for ourselves. So we made Breaker TV. Uh, but yeah, it's, I think with the emergence of YouTube doing the live streaming, it's yeah. so much easier for people to get there from anywhere on their phone, on their tablets, whatever. It's just a better, you know, tough to say, sad to say, but a better platform. So I think everybody kind of gravitated to YouTube away from Breakers. Mm. Uh, this is a great spot if, if you're just like looking for seriously looking for somewhere to walk in and jump in a, a break like in 10 seconds or something going like like instant gratification go Brian find a spot and a break you know I think there's a lot of guys that still break on there where they're constantly like uh, running these fillers like every minute of the day so but yeah we're on both platforms if you do come to Firehand Cars uh, for your first time or if you've been there before and you've never used the code uh, you just use this promo called this new guy, and you why new guy? It'll give you a, uh, save you like seven percent on uh, on your purchase. It's a one-time deal, so if you've never used it, you don't have to use it the first time. But you can, you know, everybody gets to use it once, and uh, that's about it. We got big national, like I said, we'll have big national breaks coming up. Even though we're not attending, uh, we'll have all kinds of goodies from the national available to everybody still. Awesome, new guy, brilliant. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Well, Chad, thank you so much. Seriously. Thank oh, you thank so much. You, yep. Pleasure, man. It's a pleasure. All right, man. Have a great weekend. You too. All right, bye.